I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura, wake up. Good morning. Good morning. We are doing our morning Bible study. We're in the book of Galatians. And we are doing chapter 5 today. Mm-hmm. The previous chapters, this is a letter to the people in Galatia. Um, do you want to sum it up real quick? Sure. This is someone's first episode they're listening to. Sure. Well, the Galatians were struggling with something, that there were Judaizers, which is not some superhero. It's people that were trying to get people to revert back to the teachings of Judaism and uh, and not only Judaism but a wrong teaching of Judaism that you're saved by works rather than by faith you're saved by doing that rituals they necessarily had to be circumcised yeah to be. you had to be circumcised you had to celebrate these rituals you had to do this you had to do this and uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to them and letting them know that there is only one gospel and there's only one way we're saved and that's through Jesus Christ and encouraging them to stay on the right path and the last section compared them to the children of Hagar and Sarah so Hagar's son Ishmael Sarah's son Isaac and said that you are now children of the free woman. And then mm-hmm. that leads into today, chapter 5. The heading in my Bible says, Freedom in Christ. Um, I'm reading from the NIV. It's a little older translation than 1984. If you have a newer Bible or you're using the Bible app, yours is probably a little different. It's a, what is it, 2011? Yeah. I think that's so new, but do you realize that's been like 10 years already? Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> yep. That's crazy. I feel like it just came out yesterday. Well, no. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. Anyway, if you're reading along and something slightly different than what I'm reading or you have anything um, catches your ear or eye, whichever... Uh, reach out pastor at the springs lutheran dot org uh, but hopefully that you won't get hung up on any of those things same pretty much the same thing just a few updates so anyways this says freedom in Christ in mine I'm not sure if yours says Christian freedom in the Greek okay let's get started it is for freedom that Christ has set us free Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace, but by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit, the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Let's stop there for a second. Okay. Um, 
first verse sounds like a little redundant, but I had a note there, and I just wanted to talk about it. Go ahead. So it says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Sort of like, okay, but I just had a note that it's not that not for ourselves. Like, Christ didn't set us free so that we could do whatever we wanted. Like, have a, a license to sin. Mm-hmm. But it's He also for did freedom. not set you free to send you back to some other form of slavery. Right. You aren't freed from sin and, oh, go back to the same stuff. Uh-huh. And... So it's just, like, it's for freedom I set you free. Like, you know, if someone said, like, I let you go to let you go, it just kind of sounds like the reason for it is the reason. It sounds a little silly at first, but when you got to really, like, think about it, mm-hmm. it makes sense, but if you just read read through it quickly you'd be like well yeah so you can be free that you're free mm-hmm. right it's not I let you go so that you could help me I freed you with the intent of some other agenda the agenda was the action then mm-hmm. he says if you, well, twice he says, if you let yourself be circumcised, then Christ doesn't mean anything, or grace doesn't mean anything. So he's saying, if you take on even the smallest part of your, um, what's the word, your salvation, then you have to take responsibility for all of it. You can't say, I'll do this little part, Jesus, you do the rest. He's saying, if you do this, then you're you're denying grace. Is that right? Yeah, if you let others convince you that you are not saved unless you undertake this ritual, then you are calling basically Christ a liar because you're saying, well, I'm not completely free. I still have to follow the law. I still have to do this. I still have to do this. And this is not to say, maybe this goes without saying, that because now in our culture, it's customary in many Christian hospitals just to circumcise little boys. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's not like... But I don't think that's... People are doing that for faith reasons. I think there's medical and traditional reasons. I know, I just want to make that clear that it's not as oh, if someone like if you get circumcised, no, you're circumcised. not going to yeah but if you're doing it for the reason of your salvation right. if you're convinced that i oh, am yeah. not saved unless this you happens should make that clear yeah if you let yourself be circumcised curse will be of no value to you well no a lot of people are circumcised yes. and they're going to be in heaven right. but um but what he's saying is you can't just have it both ways you can't Say, well, I'll do a little bit, and Jesus will do a little bit. It's either Jesus does it all, or don't don't bother. Yeah, because <laughs> if someone asks you, well, you're a slave? Well, I mean, not really. I just do whatever this guy says all the time, <laughs> and I can't leave. You know? <laughs> like, it's not... I think, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say about this? Well... Maybe this will come up later, but 
I do think about a lot of people think of this as like work righteousness like oh you have to be circumcised or you have to do good work so you have to you know pray this way three times a day this you know like all these specific rituals mm-hmm. but I also think does this um like when you say you come to faith like I have to accept Jesus that's you like a work basically like mm-hmm. I I had to let Jesus in my heart mm-hmm. then Jesus did the rest is that kind of the same like I think that when I hear people or groups say that that they chose Jesus or they made you know this decision or can't were you know the decision for Christ yeah that's a cho- they're making it sound like they did this first step and mm-hmm. it reminds me of this or like if you say you're doing even a part of your salvation, then grace is not yours. Yeah. And I think I you've mean, made this point trickier. before, but if there's, if you just look at it this way, that Christ is 100% responsible for your salvation, the second you take 1% of the credit, Christ is 99% responsible for your salvation, which means your salvation is 1% in doubt whether or not you did enough to satisfy. Right. Well, and Paul's saying here, if you take 1%, then you just need to take 100%. Mm-hmm. Because it's all or nothing. Yeah. It's either God saves me or I save myself. No, you can't have it both ways. I think the last part of six is like a, make a nice wall hanging or shirt. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if it's overused or underused, but... It's a nice verse. You know, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that verse? Can it just be pulled out of context and put on a wall and made pretty? Sure. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know. Because it means what it means, right? Some verses people, like, have hanging in their house are not, like, really what you think they mean or there's verses that get taken out of context but this one I feel like is pretty straightforward yeah he's saying that you're what you do you're whether you're circumcised or not or whether you wear whatever traditional clothes or not or whether you do this or not that doesn't matter the only thing that matters is that you love your your neighbor and you love God which is you know his two commands right Right. The only way I could see this being taken out of context is if someone removes Christ from the uh, equation again and goes, well, the only thing that matters is people are good people. And people do loving acts. But it's faith expressing itself. Right. So faith, knowing that you are saved only because of the works of Jesus Christ, then... The only yeah, thing that matters took out is faith, and said the only thing that counts is love. Mm-hmm. Like all you need is love. <laughs> I sing that terribly, so there wouldn't be copyright infringement. Just I don't, so you I don't know. think anybody even knows what you're you were trying to sing. I know. Oh. All right, let's keep reading. Verse seven. You were running a good race. Who cut? Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. 
I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. Brothers, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. (laughs) Harsh. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll read the next paragraph and then we'll go back on that. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. All right, and then there's a break in my Bible and the next section has a new heading. So um, anything in 7 through 15 that you had questions or ahas about? Yeah, it's one of the funniest lines in the Bible, I think. <laughs> funniest? Well, harsh, I would say harsh. I mean, well, no, because it's... Yeah, it's, well, you need you need to do this. You just need to do this in order to be circumcised. And Paul's saying, well, if you just need to do that, why don't you go the whole way and completely emasculate yourselves? I don't want to be too graphic, but I probably already have been. But it's, we, we, we talked about talked this a little about bit. We talked about Yeah, <laughs> right, but we've talked about Paul sometimes being very almost satirical you know Mm. cutting uh yeah and again no pun intended here yeah but just really making this so pointed to have people say well well i wish those people would just argument of the whole book where he's like you guys have been led astray then he makes the point about himself like, this is how I know the truth. This is how I came to faith. He talks about himself for a while. And now he's coming down hard on these these people again. He's like, I don't know who said this to you. Whoever. And then it does sound like he really doesn't know specifically who's leading this. He knows it's the Judaizers, but I, d- mm. I don't think he knows what leader specifically is doing this. Because he says, whoever that may be. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's saying that generally. Like, if anybody ever says it to you, whoever it could be. Um, yeah. But then he says, I wish that those people, like, this is how serious it is. They're not just causing a little problem here. They're putting a giant stumbling block in your faith. Mm-hmm. And the one who is throwing you into confusion will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. So the penalty would be... What... It could be a leader of the Judaizers. What was he saying? The, pe- the penalty is, like, eternal? It could be. Or it could just be realizing his fault. Mm. Um, I mean, Jesus says this multiple times. You know, if you're going to lead a little child astray, it's better that you have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the depths of the sea. Or it's yeah. better that you're not even born. I mean, it just... There is for stealing God's sheep and leading them astray and taking people away from the one true faith. That is the worst possible thing that someone could do. For sure. Um, and the the line in there, you know, a little bit of yeast works to the whole 
Yeah, that was in quotes. What's that Batch. from? I think A it's proverb. Yeah, it's probably just a proverb. So you you think, you know, about I don't know how often everyone makes bread, but we did it once. We we've <laughs> done twice. it. We've done it a few no, times. We did it twice. Once we did it with a package of yeast and once we did it we made our own sourdough starter. Yeah. But anyway, you put in a little bit of yeast and it just continues to grow. And also right. if you have well, and if you, you can't have a, put it in and only like try to contain it to part of the dough. Like no. you this half will rise and this half won't. Like if you mm-hmm. put it in even a little bit, it's gonna make the whole the whole batch rise. And it changes the whole the whole form. Chemistry. The, the whole chemistry, yeah, <laughs> of of the dough. So the the idea that well our church teaches what's truly in the Bible, but we allow people, or we allow a little bit of false doctrine here or there, or it doesn't really matter. I mean, my job as a pastor, if I, if someone is wrong in what how the way they understand the Bible in a very loving, gentle way, according to the person's temperament, I'm going to guide them and correct them back to the true word of God because I know that one little false understanding of God's yeah. word can ruin someone's faith and lead them astray completely. Yeah. Well, and they would not say we teach the truth except we do teach this one false doctrine. <laughs> Nobody would yeah, say that. that. <laughs> no one's tagline is that. <laughs> but they might say we believe this, this, and this, but not this. And in a way, they're saying we don't believe the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. And then that would be a clue. Um, or to say, we agree on the things that matter. Yeah. Well, everything matters in God's Word. That's why it's God's Word. I mean, God doesn't give us a bread recipe for a reason. It's not as important to Him as it is to... Okay, let's keep reading. I think you're... Starting to go a weird place. Mm, okay. Um, oh, well, wait, before you go on, verse 14, I knew this was coming before, because it it's like 6, where it says, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says that in... Um, Well, I thought it was going to be over here, but this says go back to Leviticus 19, verse 18. Hmm. But that's most of the um, not ceremonial law, but Second the moral table law. Second table moral law. law. Like, yeah, these are, they give them all these different laws about, you know, don't steal your neighbor's property. Like, kind of elaborating on the, you know, fourth through tenth commandment mm-hmm. as we know it, you know. Don't steal, don't, you know, commit adultery, don't do this, don't do that. And there's all, like, this whole book of laws, you know. But, yeah, you could sum it up in the second half of the commandments about love your neighbor as yourself. The first part is love the Lord your God with all your heart. The summary, the rich man says to Jesus, and Jesus says you are correct. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you are correct. And the rich man says, all these I have kept since I have uh, have been a young man. 
So that's what also Paul is saying um, back in verse 6. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So we're going to talk about love a lot more and freedom. But yeah, let's keep going. Life by the Spirit, chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. And that's the end of chapter 5. If you mm-hmm. look ahead at chapter 6, you can see it says, doing good to all. And then it kind of carries on with what good things, you know, they were just saying, like the fruits of the Spirit. And we'll talk about those next time, but... You know, it's just, he's just like continuing this speech about how we use our freedom because we have freedom in Christ. And what does that mean? I have a lot of notes written here um, about freedom because I think, I'm trying to remember when I wrote these or what class I was in or what would have made me write all these things, but must have been talking about a group that criticizes Christianity for having like too much freedom you know like oh well if you don't have to do good works you just get to do whatever you want and that's not really what Christ is saying he's not Mm -hmm. saying I did everything for you so you can go out and sin you know yeah, Paul is going to address that, but that was that was a big argument against uh, Martin Luther when he was talking that we were saved freely. The established Roman Catholic Church at that time said, "Well, that's cheap grace. If you if people are saved for free, then they're just gonna know they're saved and do whatever they want and just say, oh, well, I killed somebody. Sorry." God forgives me, and then go out and do it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the discussion that we were having when I was writing these notes, because I have notes that say, um, freedom is not permission to do whatever I want. Um, Freedom is actually freedom to stop plunging into sinful life, free to love. Freedom allows us to serve God and to serve others. Um, Christ won the war even though we will lose 
and we're free from our old Adam, which means we're free from those desires, which verse 16 through 21, it talks about the the negative, you know, like these are the bad things that Mm -hmm. you're, that you're free from. The slavery is sin and we're free from that. So now says they're um, they're in conflict with each other the spirit and your old sinful nature so that you do not do what you want because naturally whatever we want to do is going to be sinful because of our old Adam right yeah you, you never hear someone say oh man I just I just can't stop myself from being joyful you know <laughs> I, I I'm just I'm too patient. I keep talking to people and then I and then I become patient and I have this love for people and this joy and this peace. It's well, some the, people do are full of joy. But yeah, not, I know, not but not accord. but not in a negative way. I mean when people no. are caught in rage and yeah. anger and dissension and yes. causing all these problems, those are the things that we're trapped by. We are trapped by sins in our life that we say I really want to stop this action that negatively affects my life and the life of the people around me. And that's that list of... Yeah, was it David who said in the Psalms, all my my actions are sinful, are like filthy rags? I think that's Isaiah. Isaiah. But David... I thought it was in a Psalm somewhere. I'm not so good with those those books. <laughs> I think but David said there's no one right, ev- just not even one. Ev- everything, yeah. every thought and every action I have is sinful. And when you, like, stop and think about to that. To some level. Well, yeah, because then we can take time to be in God's word and have, you know, but if you're away from God's word, if you're not connected to God, mm-hmm. everything you do is selfish and sinful the only way we can do good is to be actively thinking putting god first and making that spirit right yeah because it, it op- it's a it's a really difficult conversation to have that's so large because you have to define good Sure. Which is... Well, that's kind of what these sections are doing, isn't it? Yeah. What is good? Good is living our lives out of thanks to our creator. Faith for what expressing he has itself through love. Yeah. <laughs> Serving, doing something that has a higher purpose than ourself, which is... But even if you do something like you write a check for a million dollars to charity, you looks like a really good act, but if you're doing it because you want your name on a gymnasium or you want people to say wow what a good person that could be a selfish motivation mm-hmm. and that's not then a good act in god's eyes it's be a good thing to do i mean it's gonna help people but it's not like you're doing it out of love you're doing it out of selfishness yeah or you I, could be doing it out of both. i think that there are i think sometimes that uh as Christians, we go a little overboard on this and somehow give the impression that if someone does not believe in 
God, that they, everything they're doing is evil, and they, they don't want to really help anyone. They want to be completely selfish. You know, there are people no. that don't believe in God and really give money anonymously to charity because they just want to help people. But it's not a good work because it is not done out of thanks to our Creator for what He has done for us in they're the eyes of God. They're not being selfish, but they're not loving God either. And Correct. if they're not loving God, they are loving something else. So whether that's the satisfaction that it brings mm-hmm. them or the recognition or, or just whatever. Or but, just only focusing on this life right. and not at all focusing on the life to come. But Making I don't, this world a whatever, mm-hmm. heaven on earth or something. But I just don't want to be, just give the impression that we have such a narrow view that everyone has... I don't know, maybe I'm going down a rabbit hole. Because I, I, th- I know people that don't believe in God that I think really and truly try and do good things for people just truly because they just love people. Right. However, because they're not doing those things but out of love faith. for God. They don't have faith. Yeah. It's not a good work in saying. the eyes of God. It's good work in the eyes of the world yeah. around them. There's pe- lots of people who don't have faith that are quote-unquote good people. Mm-hmm. You know, atheists that run very large charitable philanthropic... <laughs> just spit out that word. Philanthropic. Philanthropic, thank you. Uh, organizations, and they are successful in helping a lot of people around the world. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that's good in God's eyes. He's saying... Your freedom is should be from motivated from love from God, and if you don't have love from God, then it's all just. Well, where those you know. where those works can lead to something terrible is if I'm an atheist, and the purpose of my life is giving to people in this world, and that's where I find my value. And that's where I find my peace. And I'm not searching for God anymore because I excuse all of my sinful behaviors by I still do good in this world here. Then all of a sudden it keeps me in this slavery where I'm serving myself rather than serving my God. Right. And whether or not like they would call it karma, but people who don't have you know, like, faith in a god or in a religion, you know, they tend to, yeah, have this, like, counter, uh, good, or if I do good and I do bad and I want to do more good in this world than bad I do, and if, you know, something well, the, happens, then I'll do extra good. You know, like, people have a... Yeah, there has to be some conscience. sort of measure doing, of what is they, good. They know something they need to do better, and... um you know, well, and I think that some people, even who don't believe in God, could, you know, look at this list and, you know, be like, oh, I don't want to do the things on the bad list, and I do want to do the things on the good list. But even if you look at the list and you're doing it, I'm going to do these, mm-hmm. then you're taking it on yourself. The verse 22 says the fruit of the Spirit is love. So you can't just be like, all right. Today I'm going to, like, checklist, like, oh, I was loving, I was joyful, I was peaceful, I was patient, I was kindness, and, like, check it off, like, you're doing 
I did all this stuff today, like, and now I feel good about myself, or I feel like, uh, you know, because it's not about you doing it, it's about oh. reacting out of love. Yeah, to the what's spirit. more frustrating if you're in a bad mood and someone says, just be happy, <laughs> you know, or, you know, well, well I wasn't just, talking about that, love. I'm just saying, like, your well, motivation no, I, for doing it, right? Well, this is why they are called fruits and not works, they're not the works of the spirit. These things are produced because faith is in us. It, it produces, I mean, a tree is going to produce fruit. Mm-hmm. It's, they're two different words. Yeah. Flesh tries to accomplish these things and ends up with these terrible uh, outcomes. And the spirit just produces mm-hmm. these love, joy, and peace. But the, the spirit focuses on God and and if you have the spirit in your heart going back to what we were talking about before with the freedom you're not going to say oh Jesus is forgiving all my sins so I can just do whatever I want Mm -hmm. because if you truly have the spirit and faith in your heart you will want to do these things you won't want to find loopholes and sneak out and murder people and things like Mm -hmm. that. Although you will still want to sin because you will still have your sinful nature, your Mm -hmm. old Adam, as we call it. And so then you'll feel guilty and sorry and forgiven and right. But you don't take it like, I don't know, like an unlimited credit card, like, Oh, I'm just going to go out and do all this stuff. And I don't feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. And how much can I do, or how much can I get away with? How much will God forgive? Like that—that that isn't the attitude we'll have when we have the Spirit in us. Um, yeah, and there's more we could talk about here, um, or that maybe other people would want to talk about, uh, as far as like the lists of what all those words mean, um, the differences between gentleness and self-control, and what is goodness and kindness or you know could dig into the bad list too in this I think it's always worth noting that like in this list of sinful acts you get things that we would all agree are bad like idolatry and Mm -hmm. orgies but along in those same sentence he lists jealousy and selfish ambition so easy to point the finger at people and be like you have a problem you have this huge sin that you need to address and Mm -hmm. you know and then but how often discord jealousy and selfish ambition you know so those things we uh, we could dig into that like a lot but just kind of on a last note he kind of circles back to those though in verse 26 when he says you know, with all these fruits of the Spirit, let's not cause dissension and all of a sudden be like, well, I'm the best Christian and those Christians that are struggling with that sin or that sin aren't as good as Christians as me because I see more fruits of the Spirit in my life. Well, and like there's kind of like counter points here, you know, like all those bad things. And then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness and self-control we kind of talked about this we talked about zeal, zealous or being full of zeal mm-hmm. when you 
are so intensely passionate about sharing God's word, are you standing with a bullhorn and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and not offensive, but insightful sign? You know, are you being gentle to those people? Are you being loving? You know, and so, so how is your faith showing itself? Provoking people? Mm-hmm. Then, it, then it's not, then you're, kind of falling onto the bad list again of things you shouldn't be doing so um yeah just a really good good section about being free to love not free to sin yeah and none of this changes what god has done for me or how god cares about me but all of it is my my reaction to god's love right well but don't make it sound like you, right? That's what I was trying to do. Maybe that was confusing. Right, because the whole point is that God, we don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> now you're like, this is what I do for God. It never... Our justification is always through God. God does everything for us. Okay. And we well, If that was confusing, react. just forget about we it. We react, but it's not have any impact on our... How we react does not impact whether or not we're saved. Yes. Okay. Alright, well then let's end with that. That sounds good. Super. <laughs> okay. Have a See great you morning. next time. Bye. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop Pastor and Laura wake up